0: Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Jones Zone at Keller Williams Realty. That's right, we sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anybody looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Rock Hill, Fort Mill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Are you ready? Count me down. Four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Jones Zone podcast. You're waiting for me to interrupt you. I was you. trying to get you to interrupt me. I wouldn't do it. I refuse. I'm done. I've, I've matured. You've matured. I, I used to count. interrupt his countdown.
1: Nice.
0: And, One of the brothers uh, has
1: to mature. Yeah,
0: somebody's got to make a difference in this thing. So, um, But yeah, you're welcome, Brian.
2: Yeah, I didn't say thank you. Uh, it's expected that you don't interrupt your business partner and the CEO. Your boss, basically. Mm. Okay. How you, how how are you adjusting to me
0: being the CEO of the Jones it's Zone? It's taken a little bit of Let me let me put it this way. My diary, which yeah. is kind of like my man journal, I call it my diary. Yeah, your guy diary. Right. You done? Know, no, it's like the like, diary. My guy diary, diary. Has, is pretty full these days. I don't know if you noticed but or if you followed along but we had a CEO shootout where we had a three-point contest to determine who would be the CEO of the Jones Zone and Brian won. Oh, I beat him bad. And that was the underdog. So we're talking about three-point shootout, you know, basketball.
2: And Chris has a stellar jump shot. And you you know, he's usually what, 80 percent? Oh, easily, easily, 80, 90 percent. But it was just my time. The 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 stars aligned. The real estate gods were like, we want Brian as the Jones Zone CEO.
0: And I beat him. Mm. It was a tough pill to swallow. It really was. But uh, we're here now. I'm making the best of it. Today we are joined by Haynes Maxwell Jr. with the Bravo... Huh? Joined by? Is that the right... Joined by? We are joined by. Jo- yeah. we could joined, joined by. by. We're joined by. Yeah. Okay. Haynes uh, Maxwell Jr. with Bravo Marketing. Haynes is the uh, head cheerleader and brand warrior, as they uh, refer to him. Bravo Marketing is an agency that provides promotional products, apparel, direct response campaigns, brand recognition, as well as web and digital marketing stuff. If you're a business owner looking to grow your business, you need to check out Bravo Marketing. Haynes, welcome to the Jones Zone.
1: Good to be here with the Jones boys. I appreciate that little background on the big shootout.
0: (laughs) Um, I have reference. Uh, if I ever become CEO again.
2: I, I would have to step down,
0: or the board would have to vote me out, so just get that <laughs> right.
2: thought out of your mind,
0: all
1: right? I'm sure it would be hard uh, to uh, walk away from all the perks. Yeah, I mean. The, inherent you know, I gotta I be honest. I gotta position. be
2: honest. Uh, I thought the perks would be more. You know, I see all these CEOs on, on Instagram having the, you know, private jets. Right. None of that for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a common man CEO. I, I try to, like. You're like a jeans and
0: t-shirt CEO. I'm a a Steve Jobs kind of CEO, you know, where I just... Yeah, none of his people like him either, so... Yeah. Yeah. Just like Steve Jobs. Open
1: door policy, all the employees can come in and talk to you whenever, right? (laughs) Yes.
0: All right, Haynes, well, I gave a brief, quick introduction, man, but if you don't mind, um, share a little bit of your personal story, your your professional background, and then how you came to found, or co-found, I should say, Bravo Marketing.
1: Yes, thanks. Good to be with the boys. Um... Yes, we were talking earlier. Our our family goes back. For some of the old timers, will remember the Jim and Tammy Baker PTL Empire right up the road, which has been turned mostly into Regent Park. Uh, back in the '70s, my dad was building custom homes, and my brother and I were picking up what would be the word um, stuff <laughs> around the house. That was my summer job, picking up. We'll say crapola. We'll use the uh, original term, and so. Uh, So he was building homes. When I went off to college at one of the two Carolinas, I went to the one up the road in Chapel Hill, North Carolina.
2: Yes!
1: So there it is.
2: Huge Tar Heel fan right here.
1: Yeah, so I'm in the basketball version. I will say years ago, my daughter was at UNC Wilmington and she said, Dad, I have all these friends at South Carolina, I may transfer there. my my daughter, Anna, my youngest loves sports. I said, so why, why do you want to go to South Carolina? She said, three words, Dad, major college football. I said, yeah. And just being a Chapel Hill guy, I said, I don't, I don't know what that is, but we like our basketball program. Right. So uh,
0: they do all right for themselves up there. Yeah, in the Basketball program.
1: Yeah.
0: Chris is a Duke. He's a Duke fan. So. Wow. That's yeah. that's another thing we go back and forth. That's from. really an
1: issue. But yeah. Uh, so I was I went off to college and I knew I didn't want to go back and work picking up stuff around. Job sites, Dad, Dad built around 100 homes at River Hills Plantation in the 70s, the early days down there, and um, I got a job selling books door to door, 80 hours a week in the summertime. So that was part of my, that became part of my DNA. I did that all through college, and it was a tremendous experience. Very difficult, as you might guess, but I went out with a bunch of students from U N C and N C State and Appalachian State, and we would go spend a summer in Texas or Mississippi or Indiana or uh, Wisconsin, I, it was a great experience. So I had that sales and marketing DNA in me and I came back uh, after college and went to work with Dad and my brother Scott in the home building business. So that was the decade of the 80s in Jim and Tammy world and still doing some stuff in River Hills and custom homes around Charlotte, um, but it the, the pace of it, I, I was... I was so used to that door-to-door, 80 hours a week, 30 sales presentations a day, that was just in my blood. So I started a company off of my kitchen table over in Bailiwick, a neighborhood that we started in the mid-80s, and um, just started phone calling and knocking on doors, and um, I'm not sure what it was back then, but last, in 2016, um, the promotional product world in the United States was $22 billion dollars. Uh, of Promotion products, which we'll call anything with a logo on it, yeah, like that nice pen with the Loom logo on yeah. it. Shout out to Loom and all our friends and, mm-hmm. um, and apparel. So I started in '89 on my kitchen table in Bailiwick, and we we built an office building for ourselves. Just if people know Pleasant Road, there's a Academy for Kids and the school and a couple organizations. We built an office building there, and uh, so I started out there. And, just started rolling from 1989 to December of 2000. I was overwhelmed by cash flow, which a lot of entrepreneurs will understand. And um, my CPA said, you guys need to start selling less. And I said, what? He said, man, you can't you can't get cash in fast enough to pay all your bills. You need to... And he wasn't a sales guy. You know, to tell a sales guy, "Here's here's the solution to your business problems, start selling less. Yeah. So some guys in Kansas had been sort of courting me to to merge with them, slash sell my company to them. So in in December 2000, I sold my company to some guys in Kansas uh, called Western Associates in a little town near Wichita. And uh, so I just managed kind of the the southeast area based in Charlotte for them, uh, doing promotional product sales. And we had maybe eight or nine sales reps in a nice showroom over in the Ballantyne area. And a couple years ago, I just felt like I needed to go back out on my own. So I was uh, hanging out with a buddy, uh, a church I go to up off of Airwood Road. One of my, we were at a kind of a men's gathering, and I met a guy uh, there for the first time, and we stood in the parking lot probably for an hour and a half talking mostly about God and women, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not sure we covered much of either topic. I know we didn't about women, so uh, so we got to be friends, and then we started talking business in you know, Chad's uh, um, website. He's been in sales his whole whole life, kind of a web guy. And he uh, texted me one night after we we talked more about God and women at church the second week. He said, should we be business partners? Because I told him I needed to go back on my own. So, so we started about two years ago, just about right now. Oh, okay. And I was telling my dad, who's now 88, going on 40. <laughs> he said, Dad, I'm starting a company again. And he said, well, where's your office going to be? I said, well, Chad's got a place in Pineville that he's working out of we might go there and he said well someone just moved out of the office building we built 30 years ago so come on down and when he said free rent I said hallelujah and there you uh, go so, Yeah. so yeah we moved in uh, we have a little showroom in the office space and uh, we do uh, periodically do some cookouts for friends and customers just uh, as you guys well know uh, being in business is about relationships so we kind of like mm-hmm. hanging out with people and not trying to sell them anything but we try and give them Three bratwurst and burgers, and so uh, yeah. So we're just we're just plugging along. You know.
0: I want to go back to the door-to-door stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys like live in a house together?
1: Was this kind of like a? Well, here's a crazy. Southwestern Company started after the Civil War. In the during the Civil War, there was all the all the printing facilities were up in the north, so some some. Brave lads in the southwestern part of the United States, in, at that time in Tennessee, they went and in, in stole some printing equipment somewhere in the north and they started a printing facility in Nashville, initially to provide Confederate soldiers with small um, Bibles. Mm-hmm. So the Southwestern Company started as a Bible printing company. Imagine
2: lugging that equipment.
1: <laughs> yeah. <from like laughs> and it's two stolen 2,000 two miles across the desert <laughs> on, the, on a horse. Pretty creative. Uh, so after the Civil War was over, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but when I think about history, like the University of North Carolina was started in the 1780s, yeah, like almost a hundred years before the Civil War, those were old people, right? Yeah. People are going to college. There's college. So when everybody went back to college, they they started employing uh, college students. Some were Civil War veterans that were. Eighteen years old, fighting, and went went to college after the war. So they, and they they were some of the initial the famous Bible salesmen. So they started out selling selling Bibles and in mm-hmm. Bible reference books, and then in the fifties and sixties of the twentieth century, they started selling educational products. So I was uh I was taking my afternoon nap at Chapel Hill, my freshman year, about two o'clock, and there's somebody knocks on my door, and you know they open the door and they say something about they knew my dad from something about River Hills Plantation. I'd been referred to them about a summer job and he'd be back in two hours to pick me up so I went back to sleep and he came back a few hours and took me to the Carolina Inn a a hotel in Chapel Hill and I heard about a job selling books 80 hours a week, straight commission. I had to pay all my own expenses, keep all my own records and it was kind of terrifying and challenging at the same time and I said I'm going to I'm gonna, and he told me, he said, if you sell three books out of 30 presentations, you'll make enough money for an entire year of college. And when he showed me the books, I said, those are they were educational, part Webster's Dictionary, part concise information about all the different subjects. And I said, man, that would be a great thing to have in college, just when you try trying to remember all the stuff they taught you in high school. Um, so we went out, we had about 5,000 students nationwide, and we had a group of maybe 50 or 60 from u n c Chapel Hill and uh, we went out I sold books and I uh, lived near near Memphis. I lived in West Memphis arkansas oh
0: okay and so that,
1: that even... was that was a long answer to a short question what they would <laughs> what they would do is when we would go out and they still do it to this day, they would give us when they would tell us where we were going they say hey here's here's three contacts in West Memphis, Arkansas of people that sold books ten twenty thirty forty fifty years ago. Uh, maybe some churches that had loved on some kids. So we would go to an area and either live in a spare bedroom of Aunt Mildred's home, whose husband had died and she had room, or I, I lived in a—me a, and two buddies rented a little mobile home in a West Memphis, Arkansas, my first year. And, and we would live—it it wasn't traveling town to town. You, they, it was a very legitimate business. We would live in one location the whole summer and the guys, I didn't have a car my first summer, so I walked around West Memphis, Arkansas oh, all man. summer. Hallelujah. And uh, <laughs> my, my roommates would have a couple, a couple counties. It would take about 25,000 people of population to last one student for the whole summer, so. Yeah, they have been, they've been doing all, they had it all figured out. We would go out there with big county maps. They would give us maps of the county when we left Nashville of where we were going, and it, it was, uh, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd give, our presentations were 20 minutes, they said, you don't want to stay in that house because I'm sure you guys have never done this. But in some type of sales, if you can wear someone down for $30. If you stay in their house four hours, they'll say, listen, yeah. here's $30. Just get out of here. Yeah. But then they pick up the phone and call their sister and their aunt and their mother down the road and say, listen, when the guy comes by from North Carolina, don't open the door. Uh, so they taught us a lot of basic sales principles. We were reading The Magic of Thinking Big and The Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogman Dino. Yeah. Life is tremendous by Charlie Tremendous Jones, and we were so we had all this inspirational stuff, and we also had to learn to run our own business and do our own accounting. The Art of Selling by Zig Ziglar. Zig, yep, yeah, we had all the Zig. See you at the top. The Zig cassette tapes. Uh, in fact, once a month, I something happens in the world, and I do my Zig imitation for my wife. And <laughs> I don't do it very well, but. Uh, Zig was real good. He would say, "Aerodynamically, the <laughs> bumblebee cannot fly," but nobody told the bumblebee. So anyway, we talk about. It's <laughs> pretty good. We talk about things. Chris, so, you have no idea. Yes,
0: I do. What are you talking about? So that was a
1: great experience, and some of my lifelong friends. It's like being in the foxhole together out there. You're working hard. You come in every Sunday. We would meet, and uh, the experienced people would give us a little advanced training, and we would just love on each other. And like somebody just hugged me. So, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. And we made money. I was sharing with you earlier. One summer, I made probably four times what it took me for an entire year of college. So, it was a, a great financial blessing. And a lot of people that someone might even hear this some people do it, and after three days, they quit. Yeah. Because they get more rejection. Because uh, you have to be pretty confident to take this job to say, hey, I could do that. And then you get more rejection in the first couple of days, and you've gotten your whole life. Right, right. <laughs> so a lot of people pack up and say, "I'm not doing this." And that's one reason Southwestern sends you to Arkansas, and I sold out in Lubbock, Texas, one summer. And uh, it's is I, that because is that well part of it? Mean, if, you were, if you were if you were two hours from home, if you did it in your hometown, you would quit in a week. Yeah, Because yeah. Cause your girlfriend says, "Where are you?" Yeah, and the the guy that hired you at the to be a lifeguard at the pool last summer said hey I could use you again and so yeah so we I sold them yeah I sold all over the country it was it was a great experience and it stays with me now when I mean most entrepreneurs I I can't say most a lot of entrepreneurs have made a lot and lost a lot and hit the bottom and been on the top and there's times I still call on my uh, my book selling uh, you know, my first boss in the book sales used to say, "You don't drown by falling in water; you drown by not getting up." And sometimes I hear those things and say, "You know what? I might be discouraged today because we're not doing what we need to be doing, but I'm going to keep plugging. I'm going to keep on plugging, and yeah. going to get better tomorrow." And a lot of people that don't make it in business, I think, probably fail just because they quit. It's not because they don't have the talent; it's just they they quit doing the things that they know they need to do. You know. It's, it's
0: pretty unique that you can draw on something from when you were yeah. so young and use it now in your own business. I mean, yeah. that's pretty cool.
1: Well, I hate to admit I just turned 62, so in 1974 I sold books uh, door-to-door for the first summer of my freshman year in college, and I'm still connected with people at that company, and I, every summer there's a group in the Carolinas, and I'll go, I'll go find them. We we actually do some of the incentives for the company that they give out to the kids. There's a contest every week to help you stay motivated. But I'll go speak to the group of kids, say, hey, I did what you did forty something years ago, and it's the same emotion you go through when you're knocking on a door. I don't think that's changed. Yeah. You know.
0: You not knowing if you're gonna wake a baby up or get yelled at or yeah, a dog yeah. or whatever.
1: And most folks are are friendly. I mean, a few. I mean, they taught us. Not three times loud. They said, don't push the doorbell. Eighty-three percent of American doorbells don't work. So if you sit there pushing the doorbell, you know, you may... Is that a real statistic? Day. No, we just made that up. Oh, say Eighty-three percent? College kids will believe anything. Um, <laughs> so we'd knock on the door, roll out, and then uh, we would... They taught us to take like three steps back because if... If someone looks and there's like this face yeah. eight inches from the door, it's like, dude, they're not so you wanna give them space. And, right. You know, if you're pushing, you know, there's a picture of the door to door salesman trying to push his way in and the customer trying to push him out. And we often we would often demonstrate the books right at the door, we say, Hey, I'll come on out, we would step back and they'd step out instantly. All so the other time they'd step out on the porch and and they taught us to use names. You know, I would say, Hey, you probably know the Floyd's, the Will the Ragsdales, the Campbells, the Annonetties, Doctor Finley. This will scare you. That Those were the first five or six names in my first order book in 1974. Um, but you start telling them who you're talking to in the neighborhood and, and uh, they say, oh yeah, I know, that's our dentist. And so you establish some credibility by tell, yeah. telling them who else you've been talking to. And when you demonstrate the books, you say, well this, um, you know, Dr. Finley's wife really liked this math section. So, you know, so you, you learn to, it's probably like when you're showing real estate, say, hey, we, you know, we. Worked with a couple, and we just—they just got a house from us down on Lake Wiley, and you know, you kind of talk, you tell stories of other customers you have. Yeah. Um, so it was a great experience.
0: Well, uh, let's get into Bravo. So, what all do you guys actually do? I kind of gave the quick Cliff's Notes version, but for someone listening, what what does Bravo
1: Marketing do? Well, we represent about two thousand manufacturers of anything you could possibly imagine, that you can put a logo on about half of what we do is apparel um in our, our approach um we're actually we're actually part of a network and I don't, since we're talking sports I'm a Boston Red Sox fan which is a, another Red another Sox. story the Sox <laughs>
2: no my
1: Aaron freaking Boone yeah oh ouch uh, uh yeah they're on a roll right now six games in a row go Sox um so we're, we're we're on the side. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: <laughs> Before the red Sox. Uh, so cool.
1: Um I asked you what all you guys do. You said you're the you a your... Yes. So we're an affiliate with a group based in Boston. That's how okay. we got there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're we're part of a group that does about 10 million dollars every month of promotional products. And and even though most businesses their sales strategy isn't buy from us, we're the cheapest guy in town. We we have As good a pro, we have national contract pricing. Like if you want a Papermate pen, or if that pen's a Big Click stick over there, I think um, we would we can get our clients the five thousand piece price on a Papermate pen, and the minimum for them is three hundred. So we have a real advantage on on pricing. But we're we're an affiliate of a group called I Promote You. But the way we do our business is uh, particularly on a first meeting. uh, We were down with the York County. Uh, park and Rec Department last week. We have a sales guy, David Sloan, down in Rock Hill, and we were talking with the gal about, uh, I think she was expecting us to bring a bunch of catalogs. And our approach is, you know, if all you want is the cheapest price on a pen, you can go online and buy it from one of our friendly competitors who's has it online, and that's all they do. There's a few companies, all they do is online work. But our approach with our clients is to determine, what are you trying to do? Well, how are you promoting the brand of your company uh, with a lot of our clients uh, we just talked to a client that does about 15 trade shows a year so we don't if they say give me 5,000 pins we might well if they, whatever they say we say why, why what are you going to do are you going to have a big bowl on your trade show table with a bunch of pins so people will run by and don't even stop and grab a pin without breaking stride and then yeah, oh, right. and hit the jumper come off the screen yeah. <laughs> um, so I the fun thing for us is we spend a lot of time with folks saying, what are we trying to motivate the sales force? Are we trying to get people to our trade show booth? Are we trying to roll out a new product? What What are we? Because to me, if if there's not a purpose for that promotional product, then I would say, you know, just keep your money. Unless, yeah. You know, apparel is pretty easy. Some people say, hey, I want, oh, cool, I didn't wear my Bravo shirt. I've got this Bravo with the big, it's like debossed, like a leather journal, but we've got a technique we use that they... They they deboss the logo in a shirt, so it's real subtle but it's, it's kind of cool um, but we try and with apparel we tell people hey if you' particular if you want your employees to wear it or some in some companies they offer it for sale to their employees for big companies and we say, hey if you're expecting your employee to buy something with your logo on it, it better be really cool right It would be something they would buy at the mall not because there's yeah. a lot of, you, we've all seen a lot of cheesy Mm-hmm. promotional stuff we, we have a lot of t-shirts that we love it's made made in USA in fact Reinhardt your friendly competitors celebrating I want to say 40th anniversary but celebrating a big anniversary last year we did a, a t-shirt made in USA in the label instead of saying Fruit of the Loom it has it has the Reinhardt logo it's like a private label mm-hmm. t-shirt program um, That's that's been kind of a neat program so we're trying to help people figure out how do you make the most impact with whether you have a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars. What would be something that you could give someone, Uh, like headwear is a good example. We almost all our hats are done overseas. All the hats you would buy today are done overseas. They may be embroidered on the front in America. But when you do the whole, we have a 21 day program where you can have, you can print on the hat, you can inside, outside, you can have your own label in the hat, so it's, so you give a, if you're gonna give a ball cap to someone it would be they it would be like, "Wow, I've never seen a ball cap like this because this is totally unique the way it's designed." You could um, Jones own apparel, Chris. Write write it down in your diary. We're gonna have to. Uh, yeah, you need your own
2: apparel. Jones own apparel, and yeah. I like, can have a picture of my face, which would sell like hotcakes if you put <laughs> if you put that on a t-shirt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> would sell like hotcakes. What are hotcakes? Pancakes. Are pancakes notorious to sell quickly? I don't. I never understood I don't that either. I don't know. I mean, Was there like? Is there an old... See, that's why he's the
1: CEO. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he intuitively just knows things.
0: Like uh, yeah. But, I mean, I was it like was it popular like in the 20s? Get your pancakes here. Like yeah, so basi- basically, Chris, after... The pancakes here. Yeah. Yes, during World War II as part of... <laughs> stop the it. You I was
1: gonna
0: it. going to keep going. All right, you guys do apparel and promotional items, but you also do like website
1: design and yeah, different... Ch- Chad, my, my business partner, has a background in that, and we'll do... We've worked with several nonprofits. We helped uh, the Children's Attention uh, Home Home. Yeah, down in uh, Rock Hill. We um, we do well, the most of the web design we're doing these days with, with some of our larger clients that need a e-commerce site mm-hmm. where all their employees can order.
2: Like Shopify or something? Is it? Yeah,
1: you? yeah. But we, we do it uh, like we do for Belk, and we're we've, oh, got, okay. we've got a. Um, a group out of Atlanta that's uh, in the four coverings business we talked about a little earlier, before we were on the air. Uh, They have 140 locations around the country, and as far as branding, when you have that situation, you got the guy in Wichita and the guy in Oklahoma City and the guy in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. They're all ordering product, and the marketing people go nuts because just those three, you've got three different versions of the logo, and on our business, we have Pantone colors, like a Pantone 300 blue. That's the color it's supposed to be on everything nationally, but if you've got 140 different locations using 140 different Bravo marketings in there, then then your your branding is gonna be a real yeah. uh, mess. So the, web, so the web, for people in my industry, the web, like a lot of industries, has been fantastic. So we can get the products approved, the logos are the same across the country, and they get online and order Push a button and order what they need, and they don't have to uh, spend a lot of time.
0: Um, who is it, so. your
1: ideal client? My ideal client. Um, being small business people, we we love helping small businesses, and we do that because of love. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, like we do, we do a lot of work with Crowder Construction, uh, the Haynes Maxwell Construction would company would spend maybe one thousandth. Of the amount of money that Crowder spends because they've got multiple offices and a, a thousand employees, so um, the best fit for us in our the resources we bring to bear are, are probably companies with multiple locations so we can leverage the the internet to serve branch offices um, but we uh so that that's a good prospect for us, but we work with uh we I mean, we're doing the York county chamber um, is rolling out their new branding. A week from tomorrow, oh they're okay, having, they're having a big reveal brand. So we're doing
0: like of their like a different logo. Yeah, they, and have, stuff. they have
1: a, they have a new new logo. They have a new website. They'll be rolling out, and I'm sure you'll get more and more buzz. It just I just saw it online for the first time on the chamber website uh, this morning, announcing. I think it's the York County Chamber. The York County Chamber. They're having a big hoot nanny. Uh, they in, they in emailed week. me this morning. Yeah, they're probably after you. So, Everybody's so we're doing, you know, we're we're doing uh four or five different items that they're gonna give out, and some that they'll be drinking. I I think adult beverage out of. I'm just guessing based on what they've ordered. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So we for, need, we need three gross yeah. koozies. Three yeah. gross. So what's what's good for us? I mean, I've been in the industry going on twenty seven years now. So clients They can get online and they may want a certain type of item, but there may be fifty manufacturers in our industry that make that same thing and just because of our experience and anybody that's been in any industry a long time, we can recommend hey if you want that type of imprint on that type of item and you need it in a week, well that kind of or we've got a group in gaffney and i in fact, we did an order today for a i don't know if you know bath fitter they do remodeling. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that we work with a lot of the bath fitters, and the group in Raleigh emailed me at uh, probably two o'clock saying, "I need a thousand more bags because they do a lot of Southern home shows and mm. do a lot of marketing there." So uh, we've got to. I sent in an order, a repeat order, and tomorrow the group in Gaffney will ship a th- print a thousand bags and ship uh, them. In Raleigh, will have them on Wednesday. Mm. So that's there. There are certain vendors in our industry that can turn stuff around in twenty four hours and. Um, we've got great relationship with them. Some, I've had orders. I call them in the morning, they'll print it that afternoon. We'll drive down to Gaffney and get it because every once in a while someone will say, can I get something for, they'll call me at 10 a.m., can I have something with my logo on it tomorrow? <clears throat> and sometimes yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now you've mentioned uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the Children's Attention Home. How has um, working with people in the community helped your business? and? Um, Giving you a way to give back to the local pe- businesses and yeah. organizations.
1: That's a great question. We uh, yeah, you know, we've been very blessed and fortunate. We've done a lot of work with uh, with the chamber. We've gotten real involved uh, with the uh, strawberry festival, and um, y- usually any, any any nonprofit or even like the chamber, uh, which I believe they're probably set up as a nonprofit, but any, any kind of nonprofit we, um, donate. Um, Product to them, particularly when they're doing fundraising uh, events, a lot of folks will have a silent auction. So we'll we'll give gift certificates for Cutter and Buck and Nike and Callaway, and so that's kind of been a fun way to to give back a little bit. Yeah, and and we always give them a great deal on price too. Uh,
0: um, you mentioned earlier about um, companies getting best bang for their buck, whether that's a uh, hundred bucks or a thousand. Is there a general kind of rule of thumb of what you think is the best bang for the buck? I mean, is it a t shirt or pens or koozies or what do you think it actually is?
1: Yeah. You know, that that's that's a good question. We uh when we initially meet with clients, we just try and learn from them who who they're like you asked me. We asked them, you know, what who's your ideal prospect? How do people know about you? Um what, one of the areas we're really I actually consider ourselves to be pioneers a little bit because for years I've had this saying that most salespeople stink at follow-up because we go whether it's a trade show or a sales call, and then we come back and then we're on to the next one and the next one and the next one. So we we've actually developed a an app where it could be a real estate guy, an insurance guy. We we actually talked to Floor down in a in Greenville, one of the largest construction companies in the world. Um, and they go to multiple trade shows and they're trying to figure out how do we, so you go to a trade show, if you do those, and your prospect goes back home with a bag full of stuff that sometimes will sit in the corner yeah. for yeah. weeks and months. I've got, I probably still have some in my office, catalogs and brochures. and So we really challenge folks when they look at their overall marketing budget, how do you follow up? with a good prospect that and as you guys know in sales sometimes it takes a time or two or three of Mm -hmm. you know engaging with somebody before they they've jumped on the the good ship yeah Jones Zone so so we've developed a thing and we're just we're just really launching it it's been kind of fun where um, I could show you on my phone someone could leave an appointment and get on their little app and say I'm going to send maybe there's a Yeti Tumblr type we call it the not Yeti. Yet Yeti has made us so much money because the nice Yeti cooler, the the small ones, usually thirty dollars retail, and if you want a logo on it, it's five to ten more dollars. So thirty-five to forty dollars for something to drink out of. Well, our industry. Actually, we've had that technology for twenty-five years. A double-wall stainless steel vacuum the vacuum insulated, which will keep ice cubes cold for a day. Yeah. Um, so we have we have a lot of knockoffs that are ten dollars. Um, so anyway, you can get on an <laughs> the app not and use the, the not Yeti. So uh, my wife laughs every time I say that. In fact, if you ever find a woman, a little tip for the men, if you find a woman that thinks your jokes are funny, marry her. Uh, <laughs> that's my marital bliss tip. But we've got, so we'll, we'll establish several tiers, maybe a $10, $15, $20 thing, depending on who you're dealing with. You get on the, the app and you push, uh, I'm going to pick the not Yeti tumbler, and I'm going to take a picture of the guy's business card in my hand, I'm going to dictate or type in, uh, hey, Carl, great seeing you at the trade show today. Look forward to following up with you in a couple of weeks. Love, Haines." And then you hit send and you're done. You do, you do, And it, it comes to us. And that a letter gets printed out, put in the thing, and it gets shipped out the door. So a couple days later, um, your prospect will have this box. Instead of sending an email, right, I don't know how many emails you get a day. Yeah. Some days I get hundreds. Yeah. Right? So instead of trying to follow up with an email, which isn't a bad idea, but a guy gets the UPS guy comes by or the mailman and you get this box and you open up and you get this cool thing. And so the, the challenge for all of us is how do I stand out or how do I, how do I get noticed with, mm-hmm. with people in my world? And especially in a, in a trade show environment. We had a, a medical software company in Vegas that we did that for and he, the guy called me afterwards and he said, dude, it was like a three day show. And they would email us every night. Here's the people we want you to send out this little gift to. And he said, I, he said we had people that got back from the Vegas show, and when they got back on their desk was this box from me. And they, I said, dude, that's unbelievable, mm-hmm. because not only did no one else follow up hardly at all. Here, here, I had this cool note from you. What we did, it was like a kind of a Mont Blanc style brass pen that cost about ten dollars with the laser edge logo on there. So in our business, the way we approach it anyway is it's not about the product, it's it's how do you make an impact by whatever that product is.
0: But that was actually going to be my next question. You have on there uh, a phrase that really stuck out to me is causing clients to think about impact more than having a box of Crapola with a logo did on I it. Did I put that on our website? <laughs> oh. You love that Crapola a lot.
1: My mother would be so embarrassed. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: So, I mean, to elaborate on that a little bit more. I mean, you want you want clients to remember that feeling, it sounds
1: like, yeah, rather than
0: yeah. just the material thing they get. Yeah,
1: well, you know, from, from apparel, we did all the volunteers at the, uh, at the uh, Christmas at the library, at the Billy Graham Library last year. We did a long-sleeve... A really super soft T-shirt, Right, 'cause Because people have given you T-shirts before that you'd wear once, and you go, you know, this is just not a comfortable T-shirt. So what do you do with it? I mean, it's a rag in the garage. Yeah. yeah. So, so to do so with apparel, we usually encourage people: if you spend a little more money, get a get a really super soft shirt that's going to be their favorite shirt, and design it so they don't feel like an advertisement for your so company. Why I wear this shirt like yeah four days a week. You make that look good. Well, thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> See, we we have a shirt. We haven't printed any lately, but for years we've did a, we've done a shirt, and it said on the front, kind of a handwritten font. It said, "Be yourself. No one else is qualified." Nah. That's just one of my favorite sayings. And we put our little logo on the back. Said, "I can't expect someone to go out there and wear my T-shirt just if it has, even though we think Bravo is a cool name." But um, so so that's what I would say to a lot of people. If you're gonna do apparel or even a coffee mug, uh, we did did coffee mugs where you're you're looking, what it says when you're looking at it is I love my job and sometimes people have to repeat that several times out I loud. My I love, uh, <laughs> love my job. I
2: love my job.
1: But something that will make them smile. Uh, we've done a we print on t-shirts and mugs. Um, May I someday become the person my dog thinks I am. Um, and just if you're not living on the edge you're taking up too much space so so even with a product we're saying can we inspire somebody can we make them smile a little bit and and they'll remember we gave it to them and somewhere on there will be the logo so there's more of a there's an advertisement and then there's a a gift you know something that people say wow that's really cool and and I'd I'd enjoy wearing that uh or with the with promotional products it needs to be something that's I mean people say hey give me a quote on 5,000 keychains and I'm saying what so you want a keychain for 35 cents and what do you think where's that going to end up right in the sandbox (laughs) your kid's sandbox or
0: yeah, I can't I would, imagine people being like, "Oh yeah, I'm instantly putting my keys on this." I don't yeah. know what it would have to be.
1: Yeah, so I got
2: that as a closing gift for my first house. Like I, I was buying the house, right? And the realtor got us a, I'm not gonna say the name, but a keychain of the company of that person. Uh, and
0: I was just like okay. her face um, just.
2: yeah I was like alright so yeah I uh, appreciate that
1: <laughs> and you know that might have been part of your inspiration for getting into the business because yeah, you thought I can do better than that I can do better than that well sure. I will uh, you you just reminded me and I'm not sure why but one of the few academic moments I remember from college and I have a lot of great memories but uh, I was in a marketing class and, and a, a guest speaker came and he was a marketing big wig but he said when I was in college like you guys in the summertime I worked for a man, I would go up and down Franklin Street in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, a couple other streets, and I would sell pens and coffee mugs and calendars, and he said, I, at a young age I came to believe that if you can give somebody a useful item, right? Pause it has to be a useful item, it can't be a piece of crap oh, that they will use and it will and that item will remind them of who you are and maybe how to get a hold of you. That's that's a great way to spend at least part of your advertising budget. And I, I remember sitting there I was probably thinking of Tar Heel basketball at the time, and I've heard good preachers or good speakers will interrupt your train of thought, you know, two or three times an hour. So he he interrupted my train of thought, and I, that stuck with me. You know, we used, when we were developing bellywick we would buy golf shirts embroidered with bellywick and we did a oval license plate, and we just would give stuff out to the neighbors, and then they would go out, we would they'd go out and promote what we're doing. So yeah, uh, yeah it's it's a great. It's a great industry. It's every, every hour for us is something different because people are calling all the time saying, hey, I have a trade show or I'm, I want to launch a new product or I want to do a direct mail piece. We've got a group right now that wants to, they've got a bunch of video content, so they want a real cool mailer that you open up and it has a, a flash drive embedded in it Ooh. to send out to their customers. So,
0: For business owners and entrepreneurs, what's the top marketing tip
1: that you would give someone? The top, the top marketing tip... You know, I would take the quote off my favorite T-shirt that we print that says, "Be yourself; no one else is qualified," because and everybody won't have the personality of the Jones or Haynes. Everybody's got a different personality, yeah. so got that right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I used to one of my saleswomen and I used to dress up. We would go and rent full-blown uh, Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. I mean, I was Mrs. Claus with the <laughs> with the with glasses and a wig, and they and they. Sell you these rubberized boobs to put on your outfits. I mean, so I was Mrs. Claus. So, but that's just me. I, I don't mind. Some people would never even. Out, so you were
2: we, you, you were M- Mrs.
1: Claus. I was Mrs. Claus, <laughs> and my my colleague was Mr. Claus. Oh, okay. so at Christmas time we went around. We probably hit about 20 clients a day for a couple days. The boss
2: of this family says you're gonna be Santa.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we just went in there and and had fun with them. So I would I would tell people to. As far as a business tip, the first thing that comes to mind is to really take an inventory of who you are and what your strengths are and and be don't try and be somebody else just try try and be yourself and today, as you guys well know with podcasts with facebook with videos i mean you can do great videos on your iphone
0: yeah, yeah. um
1: i, I think in, in every every business person has an area of an expertise of expertise or they're developing one <laughs> um and to do uh you know, what we do videos about every week on just something and we try and give some helpful thought relative to marketing or we might talk about life if something's going on in the world that stirs our hearts and we say, hey, this is just something we wanted to share with you 30, 45 seconds and sometimes, I mean, we'll get hundreds of hits it's hard, you guys probably know with what you're doing, sometimes you say, man, that was great and we got 12 people and Yeah. then you do another one and you yeah. go, well, there were like 250 people clicked on that link It's hard to, it's hard to yeah. know but I would just tell people be yourself and put yourself out there and um Awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's my that's my tip. I don't know what number two would be. <laughs> all right. Well,
0: last question of the day. This goes out to both of you guys.
1: Ooh, I like
2: being interviewed. All right. Favorite
0: Tar, Tar Heel basketball player you should know mine. of all time. Antoine Jameson? No. No. Oh, oh, Tyler Hansborough? Tyler Hansborough. What a beast! He I was good, him. man. I used to love to hate I, that guy.
2: I will never have another guy, another Tar Heel who who I liked as much as Tyler Hansrow Do you remember? I, I used to See, to that's because he beat Duke. He every beat year, Duke huh? at Duke every for
0: year years. Four years. He, four took, year out and, he hey, took out Reddick and, and Sheldon. Their oh, senior, on their senior night. He was a Beast. He was... I used to love to hate that guy. He did. Man. I
2: always make fun of him. Like, he would shoot his free throws and every time he would adjust his shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and, then,
0: <laughs> and then, of course, yeah, the, game the game, BC. where he hit the game winner. And that was against Virginia Tech. It was like in the oh, ACC tournament. Yeah, yeah, ACC tournament.
1: Well, I'm going to go back. You guys probably weren't even born then, but my freshman year at Carolina, a guy named Walter Davis who played, yeah. who played at South Mecklenburg High School. Uh, in fact, at South Meck, we won the state championship three years in a row in the state of North Carolina. Then lost my senior year in those finals and then the next year won it again It was crazy crazy run but i'm at carolina my freshman year walter davis is on the team we're both freshmen and we we saw him win the state championship a couple times so there's a there's a timeout in duke who was terrible that year and we were going we were going to be going to the ncaa duke was ahead by eight points with 17 seconds left yeah i'm sitting with my best friend to this day, and my first sweet girlfriend at Carolina, who ended up marrying a Carolina basketball player. But that's too painful. <laughs> Talk about that. So, so we're watching eight points. And my roommate says, "Let's let's go." I can't believe Duke's going to beat us. Let's go. And I said, "Dude, never leave a Walter Davis game." So there was a timeout. So Carolina, we made a few free throws. We fouled them. They missed a foul. We stole the ball. So we made up eight points in seventeen seconds. Tied the game in the game now y'all y'all might remember Mitch Kupchak Mitch was the general manager for the Lakers Mitch Kupchak throws the ball into Walter at half court we're down by two there's no three point shot Walter takes a couple dribbles shoots it banks it in in. at the buzzer now if you ever watch that video and this is this is TMI for most everyone that would ever listen to this but the old timers remember Mitch Kupchak who threw the ball in bounds when you watch Walter hit that shot if you see the little black and white he is in the lane, a couple steps from the basket, he he threw it in and ran the length of the court. He would he was he was such a hustler, but anyway. So I'm going with Walter Davis, and we we beat Duke in overtime. We tied it up at the buzzer.
2: To me, that's the best buzzer beater of all time. Even better than Christian
0: Leitner's Kentucky buzzer beater. <laughs> I saw you wink at him. So it,
1: it, yeah. it was like. I, I... <laughs> Well, if uh, if you take if you take 17 seconds, I mean there have been a lot of comebacks. I'm not sure anyone's made up eight points in 17 seconds. Not
0: before the three Uh, points shot. Reggie Miller. I know Duke. He hit two threes though.
1: Duke Duke rallied against somebody with like a minute left. Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, that was Maryland. Um, But that so I looked at my roommate and said, you know, I think I'm going to enjoy college. That was that was my first year in college, and I was there. About that. That was pretty exciting. So I'm giving a shout to Sweet D South Mecklenburg High School. (laughs) All American. Oh
0: man! All right, Haynes. So watch that's my check, story. Uh, yeah, that's amazing, man. Uh, that would, that would have been fun to be. Oh yeah. At, a, at the Tar Heels when they were so good like that. Yeah, well, my dorm well, was across. Just, <laughs> yeah, they just. <laughs> they just. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Smith. Or Williams. Dean Smith. Yeah. The Dean. Mm.
2: No, coaching. I would I would say Dean Smith. But you can't argue with Roy Williams's what? He's three national
0: champions.
2: Three, champion? or four three, he three. He didn't win any in Kansas, I don't think. did he? No. So he's got three in
1: yeah, twelve he, years. Yeah.
2: Average one every four years. It's
1: not bad. Not well, the bad. old and the old guys. We I grew up. I went to Dean Smith basketball school. went not camp. It was a <laughs> okay. school. When I was in the eleventh grade, I went with a buddy. And uh, I mean, Dean was such an innovator. I mean, he was a he was a low key. Guy, there was a time I almost got tarred and feathered because when Mike Shashewsky came, Mike Shashewsky is such a high energy coach. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a he's mellowing a little bit. But during you know in the in the particularly in the '90s, I told her friend, you know, if I had to build a program, I'm biased. I would pick Dean Smith. I love the way he did things. But if I had to win one game, and you know you're gonna have to edit this out of the tape here. But if I had, to, I said this in the '90s. If I had to win one game, I I would probably, for my life to on I'd get Mike shashevsky because he was just so intense. And I think there were times he got guys, that intensity of <laughs> yeah. uh, what you know, went into his players. Walter
2: Housky, slapping the floor. And Dean
1: was, <laughs> Dean was just so calm. Uh, I mean, there are stories like the 17-second game where he's in the huddle looking at the guys, and they're all hyped up, hyperventilating, and he just smiles and says, you know, it would be kind of fun if we won this game. I think we can do it. And, and he'd say, here's, here's, what, here's what we need to do. Um, but he, he was a great... A great innovator and uh I consider myself good... the Dean Smith of the, of the Jones Zone
0: what do
2: you mean calm under pressure no not so much just the innovator
0: <laughs> and being you know just overall great Dwight Clark had a funny story about Joe Montana like they were in the Super Bowl and it was like tied at the end you know where I'm going with this and he, no, uh, no but I'm they like, Dwight, so i they are like Dwight Clark yeah I forget which team they were playing and uh it might have been the Bengals or somebody, but it was like the Super Bowl and it was all close and tied up and they're in the, the Niners are in the huddle and, and uh Joe Montana is just like, you know, talking to the guys and he looks up and he goes, Is that John Candy sitting in the third row? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Hayes. Yeah. Hey, so well, uh we gotta wrap up, man. Why don't you hey. take the last minute to kinda remind everybody who you are and what you do, and then how can people get in touch with you guys?
1: Well, Bravo Marketing Agency, which we were going for the World's longest domain name. There's a a friendly competitor of ours in Nashville. A lady that runs a company called Bravo Marketing, but Bravo Marketing Agency. and we're just off a pleasant road between Carowinds and Gold Hill. Um, have a neat little showroom. People drop by every day. We have a lot of things we've done for. We've done twenty thousand bobbleheads for the New York Yankees and 12 twelve T-shirts for the church youth group. Everything in between. We have a lot of. <laughs> Chris, of, is, Chris, make, Chris will make a good bobblehead. Yeah, <laughs> See, we could. That could be a. That could, that could be big. You have to make the the fat body and a little head. Do <laughs> it reverse. So that's how you can find us. We're pretty active in the in the York County Chamber and spread some love in Charlotte as well. Awesome, man. So we're, that's just, good. we're just glad to help people people uh, make an impact with their branding as best we can. And, Appreciate hanging out with you, gents, today talking a little Tar Heel basketball. Oh yeah, always, always good talking about Tar Heel basketball. In the Gamecocks, we you, you got to get a little Gamecock. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I went to
2: school I, I, there. I'll, I'll root for them. I'll root
0: for them. Yeah, and
2: that's football, good. Football,
0: more or less. Football, yeah. It's hard. It Basketball. They had a good run last year, but for the most part. Yeah, was, wow, that was tremendous. That, yeah, that, that was, was, that tremendous. was awesome. All the way to the Final Four. On um,
1: some other show, we'll talk about why the Gamecocks never should have left the Atlantic Coast Conference because they were such great rivals. Yeah. Was, they were bitter rivals, especially in basketball. But, so they're having fun. They're just yeah. whipping up on everybody in the Southeastern Conference now. Boy, yeah. Really there's a got, schedule. Yeah, Who you got well this on. week? Alabama, Florida, <laughs> yeah, Georgia, yeah. Tennessee. Holy cow. Yeah.
0: Well, Hayes maxwell Jr., Thank you for coming on the Jones Zone. On on behalf of all
1: the Haynes (laughs) Maxwell's one through four, we thank you and bless you.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.